This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. We welcome Marcia Gillis to the program. How are you doing, Marcia? I'm just fine, Bob. Thank you for asking me. Marcia Gillis is president of the board of the Fulton County Historical Society, which operates the Fulton County Museum on Kingsborough Avenue in Gloversville. Do I, do I have that correct? Is that uh, your current position? That is my position. You've got it. Can you tell us about your life? Are you a native of Gloversville? I am. I was born here. I went to Gloversville schools. The only time I left the area was to earn my bachelor's degree in at the University of Pennsylvania. Is that right? Now, so. growing up, you're probably, I'm going to guess, too young, but maybe, uh, did you know Richard Russo is what I was going to ask? Um, I didn't know him personally, but my sisters went to Bishop Burke with the Russos, so I did have that connection. I've met him since then uh, at book signings and lectures that he's given, Uh, so he's given us a fascinating glimpse into the local history. Yes, Richard Russo, uh, the great American uh, novelist. So you went off to college at, at the University of Pennsylvania and you earned a B.A. in archaeology. Have you done archaeological work? Uh, my dream was always to do museum work, and that kind of got shuttled a little bit because they don't really look at anybody for any kind of museum work unless you have your master's or your doctorate. So I kind of took a detour in my life and worked in a bank for about 15 years. Uh, but now my love of history is back because I'm teaching history at uh, Gloversville Middle School. Yes, that's uh, also an interesting thing to me. The um, does, the curriculum of that school has American history in it. Is, is, there, is that true for all uh, schools in the state? And I know this has become somewhat of a hot topic, uh, re- requiring history in the schools. Does the state of New York require that? Yes. Um, American history is a two-year course in New York State, in the middle schools at least. Um, So seventh grade is uh, first Americans to Civil War, and eighth grade is Reconstruction to as far as we can get in history, depending on the year. So, um, but yes, that's the curriculum, and it's a great curriculum. Mm. And you've been doing this for some time now, what, 13 years? Right, this is my 13th year. I I started uh, filling in for a teacher who had left kind of abruptly, and uh, I worked in seventh grade, and now I've moved up to eighth grade, which I'll probably stay with until I retire, but it's it's just a wonderful job. It blends my love of history and my love of children. It's it's a perfect job, really. Well, And you mentioned children. You have four children? I, I do have four <laughs> of my own, so I always tell my students, you can't pull anything on me that I haven't already experienced. Um, yeah, my oldest is going to be 29, down to my youngest, who's 15. So it's a very busy life for me. I, I would say. Uh, in fact, you know, it's wonder how you fit all that in. And then also doing this uh, vo- volunteer job, I presume, with the Fulton County Historical Society. How did you get involved with that? Um, I was somewhat active in doing different volunteer work, and then they asked me to be on the board, which I felt was a great honor. And this past year, we, our uh, president, who had been in office for many years, left the board, and they had an opening and asked me to fill it. So it's been challenging and exciting, and it's really been a wonderful experience so I, far. I believe way back uh, in, when we started the podcast, we had that gentleman on. It's Mark Pollock, right? 
Yes, that Mark was the, the board president <clears throat> before me, yes. And I've been and to... He had, well, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say he, he moved out of the area and so that the uh, board presidency was open. So I've been to I, the I, museum, which is on Kingsborough Avenue. It's a former school, correct? Right. The school was built in about 1900, um, and it was the Kingsborough Academy. And the Gloversville School District sold it to the Historical Society for a dollar in the early 70s. And so that's our home since that time. Mm. And it has a, a number of exhibits, and you do events throughout the year. Maybe we should get some of the uh, events in. What are the, the coming events at the Fulton County Museum? Um, our first event that's coming up is a symposium that we are co-sponsoring with the Fulton County Historian and the Elizabeth Cady Stanton Women's Consortium. Uh, it's a Victorian tea, and that is on May 12th. Um, it's at 4.30. It's going to be a couple of hours. We're going to have a speaker, a tea, a fashion show, and it's, it's titled, um, which I think is kind of a catchy title, uh, from Bloomers to Boomers, Women's Empowerment Through History and <laughs> Fashion yeah. from the 1850s to the 1920s. So. Yeah, and uh, Johnstown and Gloversville, um, are, you know, for many reasons, are linked to the women's rights movement, but Elizabeth Cady Stanton was born there, right, and lived there. Exactly, right. She was born in Johnstown and lived there, and much of her work that she did for women's rights was based in Johnstown. So it's a great fit for us. Um, and it's exciting because in uh, 2017, we celebrated the 100th year of women getting the right to vote in New York State. In 2020, it'll be uh, when the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which gave, gave women all over the country the right to vote. So that will probably be one of our main focuses in, two, in 2020. We mentioned that the Fulton County Historical Society operates a museum uh, on Kingsborough Avenue. It's really not hard to find, right? And it's in the, a section of, of Gloversville called Kingsborough. Exactly. Um, and I always tell people, you know, when they're heading up Kingsborough Ave and they've gotten to the fork in the road, they've gone a little too far. But it's a beautiful museum. And one of my goals, it's a gem. And so many people drive by it every day, don't think to stop in. And I've never been there when there's been a visitor that hasn't been thrilled when they come in. The, the exhibits are just beautiful. It's just a lovely museum. What are your hours? I mean, that's that's a difficulty, is it not, for uh, volunteer museums, you know, to get staffing to be open a lot? Right. Well, we don't open until um, after Memorial Day. We'll have a couple of kickoff events, obviously, our um, symposium on the 12th of May. May 18th, we have our annual ice cream social, which is a lot of fun. And um, last year, we built a pavilion in the back of our building, so mm -hmm. there's more room for people to move around, and we'll have music there. Um, and then after Memorial Day weekend, we're opened Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 4, and that goes through Labor Day weekend. And um, I would imagine that, you know, since Gloversville is near a resort area, if you will, that does it become maybe kind of rainy day attraction for families who are vacationing up there? 
That's definitely the case. It's funny that you say that. I volunteer on Fridays. That's my day in the summer. And if it, it seems like it's rained almost every Friday, at least part of the day, and that's what a lot of people do. They've heard about the museum, and they spend a couple of hours with us. Mm. So it's a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, also, with that um, ice cream social, I believe it. I have it written here that you're going to show the new Sacandaga, Great Sacandaga Lake or Sacandaga Reservoir documentary. Oh, that's on a different. Oh, it's day. a different I date. If I said I'm you sorry, you're right. No, no, I, I you did. Uh, I meant it, read it wrong. But tell us uh, about June that. June seventh, right? Yeah. The June, well, the social is May eighteenth at mm-hmm. five o'clock in the evening, and June seventh we'll be showing the Second Daga documentary, which is just a fascinating story for people who don't know about how the reservoir was created and um, what came about in that time period. It's really interesting. The person who made the documentary will be there for a question and answer period afterward and it's just again these are just the ideal things for the museum to be presenting if it's widely attended or well attended we will probably offer another showing later in the summer sure who do you know the name of the person who's the i apologize we've been working with the fulton county historian and i know she has connections to him but i don't know his name offhand but anyway i'm looking forward to i've not seen it myself i'm going to see it in another uh, place in another historical society but i would imagine that they used a pictures that you have at the museum correct yes and i would think there would be a lot and if people are interested obviously we have a room that's dedicated to different facets of public service as well as transportation Uh, we have uh, a whole section about railroad history the fj and g railroad as well as second dog park history so it really ties in to what the documentary is going to be showing. Right. So if people get curious, they can come back and visit the museum again and get more information. These are permanent exhibits? Let's say, for example, the Fonda, Johnstown, and Gloversville Railroad, or do you move it off at some point and put something else there? Um, most of the exhibits currently are permanent. We've talked more about we have many things in storage that don't see the light of day maybe shifting not the exhibits but pieces in the exhibit so they get some viewing we just have so many things we don't have the room at this point to exhibit everything we'd like to so that's one of our goals or one of my goals at least is to have the exhibits maybe on a rotating basis where the subject matter remains the same but what we exhibit is different mm-hmm. I know that when I did a, a couple of columns of the D- Daily Gazette on the Sacandaga Reservoir, you really have some very uh, telling photos up there. Uh, and again, looking forward to seeing that in the documentary and other ways they showed it when uh, people's lives were disrupted, really, when they came in and flooded the Sacandaga Valley. Yeah, exactly. Whole whole little towns were moved, and the people, if they could not afford to move their homes, the foundation they burned their homes, and the foundations are still in the second daga. It's really a fascinating piece of history, and we have things memorabilia from the railroad, gas lanterns they used to use on the trains, benches, tickets, all kinds of photographs. We have documentation about the very famous Mount Lake crash that happened on the Second Daga Park Railroad. Mm -hmm. So we really have some intriguing information. Uh, You mean the the crash on Bleecker Mountain outside of Gloversville or 
Right. That crash that in the early 1900s, that's always fascinated people. Yeah. So again, you know, we have a large section devoted to newspapers and clippings and information about that as well. And that's the interesting thing about the museum. You can visit it several times. There's just so many things to see that one visit for an hour or two may get you interested and may want you to come back to see more and more detail. Yeah. I really should get to it again, get to the museum, because when I've gone there, it's usually for some something else. You know, it's for, you know, a program that's being done or, or something like that, or they, they used to right. do a book fair, but... Uh, and I sort of briefly see some of the exhibits because there you have a lot of space there, and you really do show uh, many things. We do. I'd be happy to talk a little bit about the different rooms that we have. I mean, they're all everyone has their own interests, and that's what's wonderful about the museum. One room might be the one that speaks to you. Uh, for me, that's the military room, uh, which is downstairs. Uh, we have four exhibit rooms on both floors. Mm -hmm. And the military room, we have everything from Revolutionary War up to the wars in the Middle East, uh, uniforms, artwork. Um, a lot of people love to see what I call trophies, soldiers bringing back Japanese and Nazi uh, guns and other weapons. So each room in itself has many fascinating things to, to look at. Well. Maybe we'll. I'll ask you about that. Uh, you know some of the other rooms, but that is fascinating. Okay. And I've never been in the military room. I don't think. Marsha Gillis. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. Marsha Gillis is with us. She's president of the board of the Fulton County Historical Society, which operates the Fulton County Museum on Kingsborough Avenue in Gloversville. Which, uh, in the tourist season, or it's after Memorial Day, right? Correct. That you're, you'll be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, more with Marsha Gillis in just a moment. Do want to mention our Historians Podcast GoFundMe campaign. That's how we keep going. It's how we keep the lights on and all that, that kind of stuff. We hope you can donate to our campaign. It's easy to do online. Go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Historians 2018. If you don't want to uh, give using a credit card online, you can send a check. It's made out to me, Bob Cudmore, and send to 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. And thank you very much. Marcia Gillis is with us. She is president of the board of the Fulton County Historical Society, which operates the Fulton County Museum on Kingsboro Avenue in Gloversville. And uh, she said that she wants to uh, talk about some of the rooms that have different exhibits at the museum. You mentioned the military room. What other rooms do you have? Um, the room I believe you're probably familiar with is the sports memorabilia room, because that's where we usually have our book fair that you've been at. Sure. Um, and that has local football, baseball, um, Gloves, for example, my father played in the minor leagues. His glove is there, uh, and it's got all kinds of fascinating things. Last year, that room was our focal point for our special exhibit, which was the Glove City Colonials. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're going to continue that, moving it more forward in history this summer. Um, so every year we try to do something that's a little special that connects to mm -hmm. the community, 
and we had a great turnout last year. Really? The former colonial players came back, reminisced with each other. It was a wonderful day. Yeah, that really so that was, was very special. Was quite a phenomenon. This uh, semi-pro team they had, right? The Lovers of yes, Colonials. it really was, and and you can feel how important it was to those people in their lives. Uh, I when I was working last summer, we had a woman and a man come in, and he had coached for them, and they were moving, and they said, can we send you all his, you know, the information and all of his supplies that he has left from that? And I'm like, you bet. So we get donations in very interesting ways as well when people come and visit us. Somebody I see quite often, it seems, when I go to events up there is the uh, sports historian Mike Hauser. I know he's very Mm -hmm. interested in that. Yes. and he's on our our board, and the Colonials exhibit is his baby. Uh, he's very involved, and he writes articles for the local paper, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a nice connection for us as well, that we have connections to uh, different facets of the local community. So the, the, um, Colonial, next- the Colonials exhibit, Glove City Colonials, is this year's exhibit? It'll be there this year? Right. It's going to be a continuation. He didn't get to the end of it. So he's going to continue from where it started or it stopped last year and move it forward uh, the, until, I believe, the 80s when it ended. Okay. So that'll be our special exhibit. Next year's special exhibit we're calling the Year of the Glove. Huh. Uh, the museum hasn't really done a lot about making gloves and glove making the focal point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our big plan. Mike was able to secure at least one of the Olympic gloves. I don't know if everyone knows that the gloves in the opening ceremony were designed and made here in Gloversville. In what year? Uh, you mean this year or what? This year's Olympics in ah. Korea, yes. Wow. The opening ceremony, the gloves that all of the American athletes wore were made in Gloversville. Were they? Because, I mean, they don't make very many gloves in Gloversville anymore, do they? There are very few canneries still open. But there is one located right next to the museum, and that's the one that made this glove. So it's kind of fringed. It looks almost southwestern, um, and it has an embroidery on it, and it was created right here in Gloversville. So uh, that's a pretty neat connection. So we're kind of going to bookend our exhibit next year with the beginnings of glove making and how it's evolved over the years until you know, 2018, where they're still very vital in our community. Mm. I know, um, to digress, but a great source on this is from the late Barbara McMartin. She wrote a book about the Glove Cities, I think she called it. Yes, and it's funny. I went to the bookstore, Mystery on Main Street, in Johnstown last weekend, and I bought that book, uh, which is pretty much, for all of us, the book to read about the Glove Cities. So that's interesting that you mentioned that. Maybe I misheard what you said, but did you say your father played minor league baseball? You mean for the Gloversville Glovers or no? Yes, he did. He did. Mm-hmm. So is that how he yeah. came to and Gloversville or why he came to Gloversville? He was born in Johnstown. Oh, he was. So it okay. was kind of coming back. He went to college in St. Louis but came back and had played baseball. But he was a left-handed pitcher, so his glove was kind of different. So it is there on exhibit, and Mike had gotten that from his father, which is kind of interesting. Did your father go on to the major leagues? No, he didn't. Uh, 
I don't think he had that much talent, but (laughs) (laughs) he did play locally. And that, you know, that's a great, for me as well, that's an interesting tie to the community. Talking with uh, Marcia Gillis. Uh, She's a school teacher, teaches uh, eighth grade now, American uh, history in Gloversville, native of Gloversville, president of the board of the Historical Society, which operates the Fulton County Museum. Are there other rooms? We, we talk military, we talk sports, we talked uh, gloves uh, to some extent. Are there right. other? Well, there is a whole room dedicated to the leather industry. Right. Um, and that starts with the canning and skinning and cutting process. There are, mu- there are machines there. Uh, completed gloves. The world's largest glove is on display there in that room, and it really shows the entire process and what a difficult job it was to work in the leather industry at that time. And I just want to mention in several of the rooms that leather room is one of them. We do have narrated um, stories constantly running. So some people just want to sit down and take a look. We do have those in, in different areas with different images and narration throughout the, the building as well. Mm. When people go there, do you charge admission? Maybe you should. No. I'm not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. We do accept donations, but we're a not-for-profit organization. So everything we do is free to the public. Um, so, you know, that's another great draw. You can spend an afternoon with us, and it doesn't cost you a penny. Well, very good. And also back to the some of the programs you have you have a summer reading program? We do, and we. Uh, one of the things I love about the museum is we work very hard to make ties with other organizations in the community. That's tied into the Gloversville Free Library. Uh, we have a reading program for young children to come and do crafts and read during the summer. Um, so far, we have one scheduled uh, for June 28th, but I'm hoping that program will take off and we'll get several times over the summer that we get people involved in coming to the museum. And you're going to have a walking tour of the Kingsborough neighborhood, which is, well, what shall I say? It's kind of a nice neighborhood now in, in Gloversville, but it, but it goes way back. It was originally settled by people who were brought to America by Sir William Johnson. Exactly, and it's a fascinating tour. Uh, We have two scheduled, one in July on the 22nd and one in September on the 9th, and one of our board members, Brad Shane, has done a great job uh, organizing those. He knows that area very well, and if you can't make one of the guided walking tours, he has created a self-guided walking tour that you can purchase at the museum. So if you want to take a couple of hours and walk around that area, you can do it on your own as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe if, if also you're going you're to have some music. And um, I thought I saw something about craft beer here. Did I, or did I misread that? Or no. Well, you, anyway, you're going to have. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> doesn't it, though? Uh, the, <laughs> we are going to have a, a jazz quartet um, okay. on August 22nd uh, out in our new pavilion from 615 to 715. So people can just bring a chair and. Come enjoy the music and relax, which is always a great uh, evening activity in the summer. So that's there. And this is so far what we've scheduled for this summer, but we continue to add things. We're going to be at all the Twilight Markets downtown. Uh, There are three of those over the course of the summer, and they've become very successful. We will have a booth at those as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I created a little thing I call a museum in a box, Mm -hmm. which has different artifacts. Uh, I've geared it towards children, uh, but adults are interested in it, too. For example, we have Indian arrowheads from the Iroquois. There's a World War I helmet. Um, So there are all kinds of things that people can touch and try on. And there's a trivia quiz there. So when at our booth, we really want it to be kind of a hands-on experience for people that they really get to see in part of history and it comes alive for them. Do you take that museum box to other places? I don't know, a Rotary Club or something like that? Um, as a matter of fact, I'm probably going to do it for the Rosary Society at, uh, I'm not quite sure what the church is called now. It was Our Lady of Mount Carmel. But um, I'm going to give them a talk later this spring and bring that with me. So we've tried to put enough in it that there's all kinds of interesting information, but it is portable. So that is definitely something we're open to providing to other places. I mentioned how on a rainy day, maybe you get some, and you do get tourists, you know, people who were up in the Adirondacks and uh, looking for something to do. How about the local mm-hmm. people? Do are uh, uh, do you do you think there are enough of the local people even know about the place, or do they know about it and come frequently? Um, it's interesting. Not as many local people as you would think do come, and I think one of the things I want to do is really get us out there more so people notice us and realize we're here. Um, but we do provide tours if uh, a group would like to come in. We often have um, alumni of schools come in if they're home for a family or a class reunion. They may ask. We will open up the museum for special tours as well. So that's always available to people. Yes, it really is a, a great resource, I would think, for that uh, kind of thing. Another, it I ask, go ahead. I was just going to say, we do have a small room that just got uh, school memorabilia as well. Yearbooks from Gloversville, Johnstown, Bishop Burke, uniforms, band instruments, so there's another connection that people can make. If they're searching genealogy, for example, they could use those resources. Mm-hmm. Marsha Gillis uh, with us, president of the board of the Historical Society in Fulton County, which operates the Fulton County Museum, but also a teacher. Uh, it teaches eighth grade uh, history uh, in Gloversville. Do you incorporate any of the local history into what you teach, or is that not part of the curriculum you're supposed to do or something? Well, to as much as I can because I feel that if the students have a pride in their community, it matters more. So as often as I can, I do tie in local history when I can during my lessons. And uh, for example, last November, I had about 40 of my students come to the museum. We had a haunted history night where they got to tour the museum, but we had different craft activities and different stations. So I want to get those students aware of what's available in the area. Hmm. And we're hoping to branch out and have other school districts do it at later dates um, hmm. besides just Gloversville. But they were kind of my test group because I knew the students. But it went very well, and they really enjoyed their day. So it was fun. Very good. What do you find that the you know the eighth graders uh, want to know about local history or what speaks to them about it? Well, I grew up here, and and it was a different time when I grew up, but we had an appreciation for the glove industry. For a lot of these children who weren't born in the area, and my students are 13 years old, 
they really don't know anything. And so even starting with the name Gloversville and teaching them, it's really the basics for them. But it does grab them. And everything we do, I, I point out that we have that World War One statue on um, Main Street in Gloversville. Mm-hmm. You know, when we do our World War One unit, and I have pictures of it. And they're really fascinated how much of our history, American history, ties to local history. Marsha Gillis, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, just quickly, you does the museum have a website? We do have a website. It is www.fultoncountymuseum.com, and we'd love for you to visit it. Also, if you visit the Fulton County Historian, she has all of our events posted on her website as well. Marsha Gillis, president of the board, Fulton County Historical Society, which operates the Fulton County Museum, Kingsborough Avenue in Gloversville. You've been listening to the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.